Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Visit No One Likes Us Clothing for all your Millwall clobber. www.noonelikesus.co.uk Hi, it's Mr. Bye for now from Millwall Football Club, and you're listening to the world famous Actong Millwall. Hello, dear listeners, welcome to Actong Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. In the much calmer surrounds today, after quite a manic live show, what turned into a live show yesterday, I just want to say thank you before we start today's episode. To everyone who took part in what was a very impromptu live show, um, I quite enjoyed it in the end, um, but it was totally unplanned and unstructured. And Hopefully it didn't show too much, but it probably did show quite a bit. (laughs) I've edited out a podcast version of it today, so hopefully you'll hear it at its very best on the ACAST link. Joining me this afternoon was a a pre-arranged appointment, really. Um, It's Mr. Harry Warren. How are you, H? I'm all right. I feel like I have... um... I feel like yesterday I used some of my best materials, so I feel like I'm. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm a comedian that's not quite doing what they used to do. They're playing smaller and smaller venues. <laughs> it was a strange experience. It was quite. It was an odd mixture of um, fear mixed with exhilaration. Actually, it must be like what it is to play a gig or something. You know, when you stand up in front of an audience. Um, the main difference being I had no material to work with to start off with. It was very so, much. <laughs> Freeform jazz. Freeform jazz, yeah. I was actually began a, a test uh, call, which I didn't realise would attract an audience listeners. But anyway, thank you to everyone that did join in. Neil and I are going to give it another go. Learned a lot of lessons out of um, the freeform jazz of last night. Not least is to have some form of structure to your show <laughs> and to pick and choose very tightly who speaks and not to have too many voices going at once which um is a rapid rapid learning experience for me on the twitter spaces app which is quite good um i've never come across twitter spaces before i've seen other people do it but i didn't really know what what happened on there but seemed to attract a lot of um a lot of interest and i'll certainly give it another go did you enjoy yourself going on it yeah, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was okay. I, 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 I've seen other people use them. I've dropped into a couple every now and then. Um, mm. Some of them, some of them. I, I think the 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 concept is fine, but I think you're at the mercy of who is involved in the speaking. So if you've got someone, who absolutely, is an yeah. absolute fruitcake, which unfortunately in the world there are loons. Um, yeah. So. 
I think sometimes yeah. that can derail it. But uh, other than that, it, I suppose it's the same as a bit like what you said about live radio. It's like when someone rings in and you don't know who they are, you're all no. You don't know what they're going to say. That's it. I mean, if you remember when we used to do the Love Sport um, live radio show listeners, but they actually have a delay button and they have an ability to squelch any anything that's untoward. We didn't get an awful lot, like swearing is going to be the obvious one, but anyone that says a caller or anyone else that says something that um, the station wouldn't want to put out, they can actually um, over override the transmission so you get like a jingle played and um, hopefully you get it sorted out. Um, no, you don't have that on Twitter Spaces. Yeah, was it? Basically, <laughs> if I was if I was right in thinking, it was like it had like a thirty second, like a dump button that basically built thirty seconds on, into on the Love movie. Sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. would stick an advert on, or they'd stick a jingle. I, I, I don't know. They stick something on that that took out the um, the offending comment, um, which you got to be careful of. And I know a lot of people in this life go on about free speech and all the rest of it. And I'm, I'm a great believer in free speech, but not on my bank account listeners you know it's 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 um you have to remember that you're responsible for whatever it gets put out on, on under your name so um you've got to be a bit careful about it as much as it might um be difficult for some people to understand so i was a little bit um i had a bit of trepidation last night but it actually worked out quite well and i think by the time i've edited the podcast version i'm hoping that we after a fashion made some sense we got some good content out of it last night so for that reason i'm hoping that we can do another one with neil and um, see what we get from that. Um, but yeah, we we probably did use up our best gags and uh, most uh, thrilling kind of uh, riffs and hooks last night, Harry. But we're going to give it another go today, mate. Um, we speak obviously in the aftermath of a, quite a strange win, actually. Too. It was it was it was a conventional two 0 win on Saturday. I don't know if you saw it or if you went H, but I found it. Um, it, it was a it was a win, and we'll take those all day long. We won it quite well. Middlesbrough were very poor, so I think to some extent that always um, colours your view a little bit. I mean, we've had a couple of wins like that where you come, you come away afterwards thinking, well, the other side really weren't very much. But um, I thought we I thought we deserved to win on Saturday, and we largely speaking um, were a better side. How did you see Saturday's result, mate, from your your point of view? Um. I think it could have been a difficult game. I think scoring early, always, always. And there was a big bit of fortune with it, but, you know, we'll take yeah. it. Um, yeah. I think that colours the rest of the game. Um, but, yeah, I thought Middlesbrough were really, really poor. I think the last two home wins, the Blackpool win and the Middlesbrough win, have been against teams that, you know, I don't think... I don't think we've ripped them apart. I think they've imploded in front of us rather than rather. Yeah, than no, I agree. Else. I um, agree. Which is which is which is kind of why I don't think you know. I know I'm not his biggest critic, and I'm not you know hit the elephant in the room button. But I also think that's why people the wins, although are papering over the papering over the cracks, they're not doing. It's not polyfill. It's not filling the cracks. It's just someone's literally stuck a bit of wallpaper over it. And um, it's not really feeling the doubters with anything to shut them up. And it's not really feeling the Gary Rowick praises with anything to, to defend him with. I think the only thing you can say from the weekend is that we do look better in a four. We still don't look... I defensive. agree, yeah. The defensive four, I agree, yeah. I, don't, I still don't um, think that's... I still don't think that's any... Um, uh, it's any surprise to me that playing a right back at right back 
playing a left wing back, uh, playing a left back yeah. as a left back rather than trying to make him play a left wing back. Um, suddenly, you know, this idea of playing people in positions that they've played in is is mm. revolutionary. It shouldn't be, but it seemingly has been. And um, yeah, I mean, we, we won the game, but I, I I'm trying to remember the last time I watched this and thought that's that's what I want to see. You know, I mean, yeah, I can't. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, no, it's. It, I mean, it's, we, we we've said it a few times, and I, I don't want to repeat. Um, well, you do find yourself repeating yourself, so um, go around in circles of it. It's been a while since we really. Um, I think the phrase was you ripped. You said ripped a team apart, and it's been a long while, really, since I can think of us in front of in my my spectating eyes um, tore into a, into a side. I suppose you probably have to be going back. To games like the uh, the Forest away win and maybe before before that, um, very few spring to mind under Gary Rowett. He he's not a he's not a manager that um, favours um, all out attack. He favours defence first, and then you know the kind of nicking of the of the of the goal on the break, which is a valid enough um, footballing philosophy, Harry. Because many many teams do that. I mean they're up to the, up to the highest levels. Um, it doesn't make for an exciting watch, particularly for the most part. It can do on occasions, but for the most part, it's not. And it certainly doesn't really exploit the value and impact of the den. I think that's probably the main criticism that I would make of, of Gary Rowett, albeit that we're still actually not far, really, in points terms, behind the the top pack in in the division, despite everything we've said this season. So it's it's a strange mixture, isn't it? Yeah, the championship is a morass of shit. Um, this season, that—that <laughs> uh, uh, that is, I, I think there's a lot of clubs that. I mean, look how many man- clubs have gone trigger happy and and killed their lame ducks and managers in there. Yeah, in their yeah. opinion, um, I know the championship is traditionally bad at that, but this year it seems even it's a merry-go-round, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to use World War One analogies, but I've been watching a lot of World War One documentaries recently. So I think with Mill, Millwall's basically the idea at the moment is to have the Maginot line. Gary Rowett likes the Maginot line. He likes the idea that we've got this impregnable defence and everything can be built upon our French Maginot line. The problem is, is most clubs have decided that they're going to go through the Ardennes. And, um, <laughs> and go through and Belgium go, around it. Go yeah. through Belgium around it, which seemingly is Belgium can be best described as Shackleton, Creswell, or any other <laughs> centre back that we've that we decided to throw throw in at the deep end. Um, I, That's an interesting know, analogy. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to think about that. But yeah, um, yeah. If you, I mean, you understand what I'm saying. I, I think that it's all right to be defensive, but the op- that gives the opposition a lot, a lot of. T- we give the ball away. Like we give the ball back. Well, to we teams. do. We do give and it away a lot. Yeah. That, that's that's the that's the problem because no team, no matter how good you are, cannot defend for ninety minutes every game, and especially like let's be honest, out of that the back fight, uh, the back four. Shall we say the back four that played Saturday? Danny Mac, Millwall youth prospect, Hutchinson, Harris's player. Cooper, Harris's yeah. player, Murray Wallace, Harris's player. All been there a long time as well. Yeah. All been there a long all been all been there a long time. Mill through and through now, in my yeah, opinion. Mill through and through now. Yeah. But my problem is when Hutchinson doesn't play, we are shit at the back. We have absolutely no idea. Murray Wallace and Jake Cooper without Hutchinson 
might as well be players that play in the Southern Amateur League because they're fucking that far all over the place. That it, well, it this is it because we had this debate about um, Charlie Cresswell, who may or may not be moving on to Norwich. We we will see. That's a story that's going to unfold. Yeah, Charlie Cresswell, apparently Norwich are interested in, um, I imagine this will come in in the January window because he's on loan. I don't know what the deal is with the loan contract, but the story was that uh, Cresswell obviously didn't play at the weekend. He wasn't even in the 18-man squad. And there's a story on the, um, I think it was one of the, uh, one of the, Millwall websites about Norwich being interested in him and, and Gary Rowett saying how it doesn't surprise him. Um, there we are. It's on the it's Richard Corley story on, on the London News Online saying how Norwich are in, uh, potentially interested. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Um, but I do agree with you. I do agree with you about the lack of um, organisational skill in the defence. He's looked very fragile all season. I'm not sure that Cresswell brings anything to that. I mean, you, you know, if you were to take Hutch out or, 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 or Jake or Murray, I suppose, I don't know. But Cresswell doesn't really, at the moment, he's still a young player. He's not going to take on that leadership organisational role. So it, it seems to be either Sean Hutchins or nobody, doesn't it, in terms of keeping things tight at the back. And, I, I, I you know, we've obviously gone for Jules Long lately in, in goal. I think as a means of trying to tackle this this lack of um, lack of togetherness in in, in defence. Um, personally, I, think I still long, think Bart is the man, but there we are. I, th- I think the long the long decision the long decision um, is based purely around Bart's kicking. Um, yeah, the distribution. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, because he's saying uh, uh, so. He's saying that we give the ball away too much from goal kicks. Well, I think there's a lot happens between giving the ball away or putting it into the wrong position, that it's how you react from that. And basically, we're shit at that. Long is a fine goalkeeper, but he's no Bart. And that that's that's my thing. Bart, you know, we we didn't get promoted the first season we were in this division because we had a shit goalkeeper. There, the, the side... Jordan finished, Archer, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The side that finished that first season, Jordan Archer, go back, cost us 12 points. Now, I'm not saying he cost us 12 points with... Oh, because he's Jordan Archer. It was 12 points worth of clangers. And mm. I'm not saying George Song's there, but he might lose you five points compared to Bart, who might save those five points. And in this particular season, for me, this is going to be so tight. The problem is, is it doesn't suit us this season. I said before the season that this was what I expected to happen. I thought we'd start slow. We'd maybe start to pick up momentum just as they fuck off to the World Cup. And then when we come back, we're going to start slow again because that's what we do. Um, and that's unfortunate. But we knew what the season was going to be like. We touched on it last night. We're missing a right winger. So we, so we're, the side doesn't look settled, doesn't look balanced. But it's no surprise to me that it doesn't look settled, it doesn't look balanced. But despite that, as you said, we're not a million miles off the playoffs. But there will be... Eight, nine, ten teams thinking exactly the same as what we're sitting. Their fans will be having the same conversations as us. Is their manager shit? Is the squad shit? And how are they, even though they're playing badly, how are they so close to the playoffs? Because everyone is close to the playoffs and everyone's close to relegation yeah, champ at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we were talking at some length last night about this Gary Rowett to West Bromwich Albion. Um, I don't know if it's a rumour, really. It's, I think some people just think it would be a, a good, a good logical um, link-up. Um, it whether it's actually going to happen. It seems to start that stuff kind of like someone with a few thousand Twitter followers might like chuck that out 
And suddenly all it takes is for somebody else to retweet that with a bit of credence and a bit of clout. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it becomes like that is what is happening. And that's, very, that's a very modern way of dealing with – that's a very modern version of journalism. So for all the aspiring journalists that hang around the Millwall scene, that's not really how it's done. Maybe ask Aaron uh, how you get sources. How, how you do it. Well, you, you need sources. Yeah, yeah. You need reliable. Uh, you'll be able to speak in confidence to people and they need to trust you. So, you know, all of those attributes are often don't come to someone that's just set up a Twitter account, called it, I don't know, f football league scene or, or something. I hope there isn't one called that because I've just tried to make one up that it doesn't exist. So I don't libel anybody, but then publish whatever you like. You know, football, it seems to be football, so football sources, football source. Yeah. Only spell it S-A-U-C-E. Yeah, yeah, HP, exactly. football HP. I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah. Daddy but there's sources. a lot of them about. People seem to get great pleasure out of concocting. I mean, I, you know, I fell for it last week, listeners. I've confessed my my sins on on this. Um, only, and only strangely enough, I, I fell for a, um, an internet meme saying that Steve Bruce had been sacked, and it was a troll account. So you know, I put my hand up to it because I just bought it at face value. But um, it only preempted the truth by about two days. <laughs> it wasn't that far away, in actual fact. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's a lot of it around. Um, we'll see. We'll see on the Gary Rowett to West Brom thing because I mean, Aaron came on the on the call last night. Harry didn't he, and said that yeah. uh, Carlos Cord Corboran, Corboran. I can't remember the, the chap's name. Yeah, the ex something, something like that. Yeah. Carlos Cor Corboran, I think Corboran. Um, they're in conversations with him, so maybe that will come to pass. Maybe Gary Rowett will remain at Millwall, and maybe we'll I hope they carry on in this <laughs> loveless I, marriage. I, 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 yeah, this is this is we are literally staying together for the kids. Dear, it's dear Deirdre letter level, isn't it? <laughs> Shit, isn't it? I, I, you know what? Oh dear, you know what? And it is, it is, it, you know, on a wider, wider Millwall support, and why you support Millwall, why you go Millwall level, splitting the football yeah. aside for a minute. I know there are the chaps that go away, they have the beer, they go on the train, they enjoy themselves, right? But fuck me, you've got to be committed to go to Millwall away. Like you can, and you can see that the tendencies are just dropping off like the away. What was it the other night? 200, 200 away the night, but we've won one game, and now everyone's going Bristol City. But I think that's well, I was just going to say that, Rach, because I mean, I, was, I, I got to get into my head. I thought, oh, I might go down Bristol, you know, get, get a ticket and, you know. But then, you know, um, the, the reality hits you like a fucking slap in the <laughs> well, face and goes, what well, the fuck am I doing? I probably won't, listeners. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm talking I'm talking big, but I probably won't go anywhere at all. So it just don't really work for me at the moment. But um, they're, they're having to get another batch of 300 tickets in. So they must have sold a lot. Well, they've sold their allocation and got another 300 tickets off of Bristol City. Now, I know, everyone knows listening to this show, anyone that's been around Millwall for any length of time knows that Bristol City away is a tasty fixture. So, I mean, it will attract probably um a fair amount of interest because everyone's going to want to go for a, a nice day out it's not far it's only an hour and a half on the train to get to bristol and all the rest of it which we won't dwell on because we're not that kind of show um but yeah i mean it, there, there is a fair there's a fair number going down there harry you know despite it all despite the um the angst of the season i mean they're having to get another 300 tickets in so the, the loyalty of the mill fan base is incredible in my opinion it is, it is. it's a shot it's a uh, it's a shocking indictment of our mental health services isn't it <laughs> fucking <laughs> they need 300 more tickets um but no anyway uh, there we are. The, the 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 
you know, I am surprised that 300 people have decided off the back of a win and an half-decent second-half performance against the Barnsley team. Um, well, that's an extra 300. That's that's on top of the initial allocation, which I don't know what that would have been. Yeah, but I don't, when they, I don't know when they would have bought them. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't know because... I don't know when they've been mm. on sale since, but pe- people go for people are going for the day out. I mean, uh, other people yeah. I know, I've heard, I've heard three or four people tell me that they've wished, like that, basically if they could go and someone had a dodgy stick, they'd stay in the fucking pub they were in and watch it in the pub because <laughs> they can't be bothered to go to fucking watch it. And and to be honest, I totally understand why because it has been shit, but. I, th- I think, like, I haven't, I'll, I'll be honest, the last away game I went to was Peterborough, was Peterborough away last season because I just, yeah, 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 you're, you're, yeah, I, yeah. I just cannot commit. Like, and I used to go away, I used to probably do 10, 10 games a season average, maybe sometimes more, depending if we were doing well or not, right? Yeah. But I just can't, like, it's fucking bad enough watching it at the den. I don't want to have to spend three hours getting there before I fucking realise it's shit. I know it's shit. I know what it's going to be like before we go. You know, it'll, it'll be nil 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 at half time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Going down. It'll, be, it'll be nil nil at half time. Or, or <laughs> we'll it'll be, be decided. Oh, we'll be losing. We'll be one nil know? down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, well I mean, done, everyone. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are. I've, I've, like I said, I just looked at the mill tickets fee just before Harry and I started speaking today. And they've just asked for an extra batch of 300. I'm going to guess that's got to take us close to the thousand mark. I reckon we must have had 500 in the initial um, allocation. I reckon probably about Um, 800 of us are going on. Yeah, so they'll be pushing towards a thousand ish Millwall fans going down there, which I think is hats off time. Plus, those that we've we've mentioned a few times, those that went up to Rotherham and the Blackburn with nothing really for their their efforts, really. Um, So, yeah, well done. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung, Mailball. I'm just looking at an interview. This is from the uh, London News again, Harry. I, I, Gary Rowe is, is targeting staying in the championship pack, chasing pack. He says, we haven't got the budget or the, or the infrastructure, Harry Warren, to be greedy enough to say we should be in the top two. 
Um, that's not something we should say. We, well, we don't have the money to be challenging at the top two. Um, that's no. not to say we don't want to get anywhere close, somewhere close, but I don't think we should be saying that. What we should be saying is that we want to be challenging for that top six again with a fair wind and a few people in form, which I think, in fairness to him, is a fair point because there's been a few that have been badly off, off the pace since the start of the season. There's about 10%, uh, there's about 10% of that statement so far that has any credence. The rest is Gary <laughs> Rowett bollocks. Bonner. Um, he, he, he goes on and says, um, well, a, he says it's a marathon, not a sprint, and he's hoping right, he can cramp yeah. up like he did in the recent London marathon. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we've, we have we have – I'm going to try – last night doing the um, the live stream, listen, I tried to be balanced because that's the kind of bloke I am, Harry. Um, we, we have she's recruited – <laughs> <laughs> I watched the question time, Prime Minister's question, and we got out the country is all I can say for any, on any front. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've recruited quite well. I mean, I, we've mentioned last night, I'm going to mention them again now because I really like the look of, of um, Zian Fleming, already our top scorer, four goals now, overturning Charlie Cresswell. 20, 20 million pounds is being touted, I saw on another podcast, not our, not of a Millwall podcast, of a championship mm. podcast, already talking mm. about what value he could go for. If he keeps scoring goals, and I, I can see no reason because he's willing to take um, shots from unusual angles, distance. He seems to also have the nails inside the six-yard box like we saw on Saturday. Um, the boy seems to have the star quality. I mean, obviously, I think he's still got some development to do in championship terms, so he's got a journey to make here, so yeah. to speak. But I don't know. Do you agree? I think he, I think he looks like the real deal already. I mean, four goals um, to be topping our scoring charts with quite a limited number of appearances. Um, in a in a wasteland because not much else around. Charlie Cressel's never going to be a realistic um, I, top um, scorer for the season, is he? But boy, well, shouldn't be. This, yeah, I mean, this is just another one of the Millwalls. What could have been, and it if we had gambled on him and managed to pay, you know, we paid one point seven for him. So I'm assuming that when we went for him in January, or as we rumouredly did, mm. I'm assuming yeah. they wanted more because they wanted to stay in the division. Now. I don't know how deep our pockets are and I don't know what the deals would have been, but I am almost certain that if we had Zion Fleming at the end of last season, we'd have got over the line. I, I am almost certain. Well, we would have scored goals that weren't coming otherwise. Well, I, I... Well, the difference is the differences with Zion Fleming, his physical attributes, he's quite tall. He, he's strong, he's actually, strong boy as well. Strong boy, yeah. but he's not, He's quick, but he's not blessed with outright blistering pace, I don't think, that when we when he's travelled forward with the ball. But what he is, is he's mentally just that 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 level quicker than everyone else. He's he quick. Yeah. Like he's mental a bit like Teddy Sheridan. Teddy Sheridan wasn't bait, uh, wasn't blessed with pace, but he was a yard faster than everyone else in his head, and that's how he become a top level football player and had the career that he did. Um and I, I I would have loved to have seen what Jed Wallace and Zion Fleming would have done because I, I generally think you could have played them as a front two and just gone. That 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 actually would have been Rowich's dream. You could have played them two in like a four four one one. Just let them go and be creative and just go. Everyone go else behind the ball. Make it happen. Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone else behind the ball and nothing, <laughs> nothing else happens. Everyone's just like, all right, okay, that's it. But um, it... no, in, ser in, in all seriousness. This is what we should like. This is the thing. I and I slag the club off, and I I do it from a place of love. I think a lot of people think that I do it just because I want to slag the club off, but I don't. I do it from a place of 
I want them to succeed. I want them to to get better. Yeah, no, I know that. This, yeah. is, the, this, this is the kind of stuff we should be doing. We should be signing people who we've got more money than. We are blessed to be in a pyramid that has more money than, you know, other than Ajax and probably yeah, yeah. final in, in Holland, we have got more money than them. So if there is a player that statistically we should have a go on, in football terms, 1.7 million is fuck all. I know it's a lot of Millwall money, but you knew if you come here Not and in scored the big 10 picture. No, if you come here and scored 10 goals, you were going to get that back anyway. Because you, even if you didn't really want to keep him afterwards, 10 goals in the champ, you'll probably go for 5 million because people that's what people pay. And 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 oh, other clubs with bigger pockets, but I I just I just really really hope and I, I do mean this because it is so congested. I just hope that they've saved themselves a little bit of wiggle room for January. I hope we can have a little bit of an adjustment and sort mm. out some of the problems. I think... Well, especially if we're going to go for this new formation. I mean, we're talking about the formation change on our, on, on our notes here. Um, 4 2 three, one. I think we do need... We, I think you've made the point a few times, Harry, and Neil has done, about how we've signed players to fit the previous... I'm going to call it the previous format because I think... It's going to be very hard to move back to that unless there's a disaster now with a four-man defence. Um, but we do need to fill in um, the spots to fit that new approach. And maybe January will be the time that we see one or two coming in, one or two going out. I don't know. Um, I hope so because um, we we look better on Saturday. I didn't see enough. Of, I didn't see anything of Rotherham, so I, I don't know. But we certainly look better on Saturday, even though, we, as we've said already, that we were up against reasonably poor opponents. I thought um, against Rotherham in the Rotherham in the second half, we we could have won, probably could and should have won that game. Puri missed the absolute fucking phenomenal chance. I don't know what he tried to do. I still can't work it out now. He's he's got caught in two minds instead of shoot. Like he's done like a cross come shot when all he needed to do was open his body up and slot it. But um, he's a young player. It happens, you know. Bradshaw missed the sitter at the weekend, which could have been three 0 You know. Um, yeah, yeah, happens, yeah. You know? But it's slowly like the Millwall. We're like a very cold, sometimes I feel like we're a cold engine, like old-fashioned steam engine that needs a choke. And, Put a yeah, choke we need, out. We need like, yeah, you need like the firemen to come around in the morning and oil fucking Thomas's wheels and, and, and get us going. And once once we get going, we're we're all right. And, but it just takes us fucking so long. Like, you look at the points so already, you look at the points we've dropped. Rotherham's probably two points dropped. You think about... You know, we have won games earlier on in the season, so I suppose it swings some roundabouts. But now, you you shorten. I don't know how many games we played. We played twelve games now, if we thirteen you, games. But, but games equally, you shorten the season to a thirty-three game season to have a wrap. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're automatically shortening it by how long you take to get going. And I know it counts the same, and I know there's other clubs that will say the same. But we are just we do the same thing. It's just so Millwall traits. Like you know now. And this is after, probably half the reason people are going. They've gone, oh, we've picked up a draw and we've picked up a win. If we can win at Bristol and get the money. If we can get three points. To be honest, I'm, I'm just looking at the league table as, as we're talking. Put it on the phone here. Um, Millwall in 14th at the moment, listeners, on 17 points. Going to ignore those behind us. We're only one or two points behind us. Down to Blackpool in on 15 in 19th position. But anyway, we're going to look upwards. So we're on the 17. As, as a song about that. So the three points up to 20 points. I mean, Blackburn are in seventh position, having played one game extra on 14 uh, games played on 21 points. So three points covers the 
the bulk of the division looking up and, and a fair chunk of it looking down as well, but we won't dwell on that. Um, it's a very tightly packed start. I mean, 13, 13 games in, Blackburn on 14. They've won seven. I mean, we, we, we got beat up there, which again is another game where I think John, who went up there and said, uh, John Shipman said we, we, it was there for the taking at half time and we didn't take it. But they've won seven, lost seven. So, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of teams that are much of a muchness, Harry. So I think where I'm, where I'm, I'm very uh, trying to stumble towards, very slowly stumbling towards, is that Gary Rowett does have a point that if we can stay in touch with the pack, the leading pack, and maybe get into 2023, um, make some signings, maybe maybe someone to, um, you know, work up, up, up top or whatever other, other positions we think we might not need to be filled in. That we, you know, it's not it's not out out of the question. It's the mill optimism, isn't it? You know, it's it's just yeah. I've got, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the yang. I'm gonna be the yang to your ying now. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you now. There is no way Mill was signing another striker in fucking January. I'm sorry to inform everyone right. <laughs> Kevin now. Keegan style, uh, right. David Ginola. No, no. yeah. Because because look, we've got we've got Benica fumble. We've got. Um, <laughs> I, I can't have him now. I honestly, I I I I know he scored goals last season, but I just think he's fucking awful this season. He's been really bad, and he gets picked. And I have no idea how. It, I don't. Well, I, it's a, it's annoying me that he gets picked to play as a centre forward when vlog slammers flogging. Well, I was just going to mention Vogel Sam. I was going to mention him. I mean, again, there's another both Fleming and Vogelsam, because they come from a continental footballing culture, put a lot of time in on the training ground. And there's a, a jokey kind of piece in, I think it was um, both of the news at then and, and London news about them having to be dragged off the training ground, which it, it's a good thing. <laughs> you know, this is what you want. You want your players putting the time in. On I think it's more. Game. I think it's more. I think it's more damning of the fucking rest of them that they're the last. <laughs> <Exactly. two out. laughs> Everyone else is going. I'm going to go and play golf. What do you want to do? They want to get down that Turkish, Turkish restaurant. They all go. No, to, they don't. Uh, they don't go. Um, oh, what Hamlet have, or whatever. Have it. Ha- I don't know. What have it. Yeah. Be. What was the other? Uh, look, nothing could beat. There will not be another Millwall moment like Sky Sports watching <laughs> Ben Marshall. Now, subsequently knowing what fucking was going on in Ben Marshall's life from his um appearance. He's now playing for the dog and duck in Preston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but basically, oh. Ben Marshall looks like he's been on the fucking piss for three weeks. Oh wait, he had. <laughs> oh but yeah, dear. Fucking, oh. But that, but that's that's the kind of that's the kind of. Um, I want to get back. Maybe not the Ben Marshall going out every night, but I I, I would like <laughs> us to have more of a. I don't know. You've got to keep this bit in. You've got to have the libel around this. But ba- basically, I'd like us to have a team spirit, and I don't really see it yet. There is a lot of change, so that doesn't help. But no, no. The, the few Milwaukee faces, I also want to shout out, and he gets a lot of shit, but the last two, maybe three performances from Billy Mitchell have been mm. very, very good. And I, I generally... I agree. I agree. I feel Saturday very sorry. Yeah. I feel very sorry for Billy Mitchell because I think he's getting all of the... All of the because he's a Millwall fan, he's got to be the best player bollocks that seems to come with being a Millwall supporter playing in a Millwall side. Yes, we all would love to play for Millwall, but we're all shit. That's why we're not professional football players. So, well, that's the same. You can trace that from John John Marquis. You can trace that through Ben Thompson, Sid Nelson. In fairness to him, you know they'll they'll carry his weight. Danny Mac popped it for it, and he's come back out the side. I think. I think it's no no surprise to me that Danny Mac, when he was getting left out of 
pre-season friendlies with all the shit about his contract or what or whatever was going on and and then he got dropped has come back and he suddenly you know looks fit and looks like he's in the right position more Agreed. times than not i don't think that's a don't think that's a shock and that's the the levels of professional football so you know, there, there have been players that have been out of form and, and, and started to find it a little bit. So that's that's positive. And the problem is, is that I don't think anyone is really sitting around here, around the middle scene, going, this is a terrible team. This is a relegation for the team. It's not. It's a team with immense talent for a Millwall team. But we just want to see it be expressed we're kind of it's attacking potential needs to be exploited i mean we, we touched on that yesterday did we touched on a few times in fairness where the the mindset of the of the staff around gary Rowett included i think is as, as as basically defenders um we just need to find more um imagination going forwards now whether that's um coaching whether that's support of some sort i don't know what don't ask me but um we do have some good players going forwards but we don't really use them or exploit them um, to the, to, to the maximum at the moment, things may no, change. True. I feel like um, the I feel like the tactical meetings in in Calmont Road and and the mm. Den when they when they get sat down, it's like something out of nineteen eighty four. It's like they they turn around <laughs> and go, but but Mister Rowett, we want to we want to go forward. You Murray Wallace, number three, you will not pass the ball forward. You will turn back four times. What is it? There's an interesting piece on um, News at Den, actually. There's an interview with uh, Sean Hutchinson, and he's praising the back four. And I find this quite interesting. Sean Hutchinson is is, is um, club captain. Um, is, is The lead uh, headline, Mill Captain Hutchinson, says, we, we've given very little away since we've gone to a back four. Uh, Two against <laughs> But they, the players must be happy with it, must be happier with it. Actually. I mean, what I'm reading into that is... There's a, it's, a, it's a hint, isn't it? You know, that this is this is the way that we're going to play our best football. Is how we're going to be the most secure in a season where we've looked very fragile defensively. The best, the best. This is this is the thing, right? Hutchinson is a very very good uh, leader. His legs might be slightly going, but he has worked out how to play with that. He makes Jake Cooper from a fucking bumbling six foot seven monster into a <laughs> probably top four championship defender. That's what he yeah. does. So he automatically adds value to the side because he makes Cooper a better player. Cooper being half decent helps Murray Wallace out because Murray Wallace now seemingly in the last two games has known where he should be or has started yeah. to slightly come across a little bit. What what I get from that is that they don't maybe rate one of the other centre-backs that's been playing. Now, that's possible easy for me to, that's easy for me to jump to the conclusion of you know a, a split uh, across the back four but those those three stalwarts of last season and probably including Danny Mac as well but the three center backs of of Murray Wallace um Jake Cooper and Hutchinson they are they have been great servants to the club they're reliable and i don't think it's a it's anything uh, I don't think it's surprising that as soon as they feel comfortable, suddenly we've looked we look more secure, more solid. Like it's just it's not thing. The problem is, is does that make us less less attackingly fluid? 
but I don't think we were attackingly fluid with a five. So therefore, if you're gain, if you're not really attacking teams in a five and you're leaking goals, there's no point in playing a five. So it's answered its own question of why we've we've gone to a four. It's interesting. I'm just looking at the the article. It's on News at Den, listeners. So do have a have a read of it. See if you read these paragraphs in the way that I read them. I'm a terrible one. I used to, when I used to go work, I read people's emails in certain voices, almost play these emails in my head as little, little mini dramas. With Nick's, in- fucking prefer- Nick's radio plays. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you get, I get the right ass with people with, because I read it in a sarcastic tone, you know, and, and stuff like that. Anyway, see what you make of this, because I'm reading it in that fashion in my this head is Nick, this is this is coming out this is this is a loaded this is all loaded messaging here listeners this is sean hutchinson speaking to news and wins at the den haven't been that hard to come by results have been decent but it's just the fact we've kept a clean we kept a clean sheet on saturday and he made, he, we look solid we gave them very little and that was really encouraging we weren't playing all that great in that formation um they've put in in brackets five at the back that formation um, I'm not, it's not to say we'll never go back to it, but sometimes you need a little change, uh, to get everyone refreshed and a few different ideas. Um, we've given very little away in the last two games. I'm sure the gaffer is positive about that. Um, now I, th- the way I'm reading that, I've got my little voices going in my head as a little drama. There's a big message going on there to Gary Rowett that the, the, the squad favor the back four. I feel happier with it. Sean Hutchinson is saying, don't go back to it, Gary Rowett, Mr. Rowett. Um, because we're happy with it, and uh, we've got we've got better form, better results, and that's the way to go. That's how I read that article. You may choose to read it your own way, in your own oh, voice, in your own dead listeners. I read it. I read it the same way as you, Nick. But I don't expect <laughs> when the team comes out on fucking Saturday to see anything covered in away from home a back five, and and uh, and I know a large proportion of the listeners will think that as well. But um, no, like, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Like. I think you've got to try four, haven't you? I mean, the five's been played to death. People know what they're going to get off Millwall now. I think that's touching a little bit on what Sean Hutchins said. We might get it away. We might get it away, H. I mean, being serious. I mean, if you're going to go to Bristol City, you probably do really do want to defend first and then hope to hit on the break. That's the way football. It's different at the den, though, isn't it? It is different at the den, but we're winning at the den. And I think that, you know, without, without being funny or anything, he needs a fucking away win. He really does. Like, if you can't go, we can't win every game. I, I know we've already lost one to Reading, but we can't lose. We can't go and win the rest of our fucking home games. And I hope that's going to be enough to get us into the playoffs. You know, that would be asking for, I know we've always had a particularly good home record. Once the football league, football league record, obviously famously, of course, but you can't, yeah, yeah. you can't, you can't base a whole entire season's promotion campaign because to get in the playoffs, that the idea is to get in the playoffs and win them. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, the idea isn't just to get to the playoffs and <laughs> to say get them. done all right. Yeah, yeah, that's the first stage. I know no one's ever. We've never really talked past this because we don't get to that stage to even. We have never a get in them. We never get in them. Achtung, um, Milbein. What is it? Four games till the World Cup. Four games. About another. F- well, yeah, it must be about four or five games to go till the World Cup break. Was it the end? It's it's a, a mid mid November, really, isn't it? When we when we break for the World Cup. Yeah. And then come back in weird. December. We're gonna um, um, we're gonna have great great fixtures while we're away. We get to go to we got Horomb. Are we going away to Horombe? Are we? Or are we at home to Horombe? I'll or? be at home to Bron- Bromby. No, Bromby. Bromby. Sorry, I've got the. They'll, they'll come to the... us. Not not Bromley. Brom Bromby. <laughs> 
fucking no, Millwall, Millwall fixture man. Literally, we probably will play Bromley. A, yeah, yeah, we'll play Bromley. Um, no, we, we, I mean, it is funny that Millwall could have gone to any kind of. I suppose you can't normally you go to the Middle East, but you can't go to the Middle East for like oh, well, the they don't want us out there. Well, it's also the fact that it's every single country around Qatar is being used as some kind of hotel staging place, post on yeah. your on your on your. It's like it's like the Three Kings turning up at Bethlehem. Like that is the way how it's been made to seem by me. Everything that I've heard about this World Cup is fucking dreadful, but uh, probably for another show. But it just sounds awful. Um, yeah, no. I, I, mean, I was looking at um, I'm a total tangent. I haven't included this, but they, they showed um, fan accommodation. I don't know if it was in Qatar. I think it might have been, but it looked like, it looked like a, my dad's pictures when he was in the army in, in Egypt. You know, it, it looked like oh, that's that kind that of camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a desert with tents set up there. Yeah. I mean, the old man was in was in the, in the army out there. Well, that's that's what you got stuck into. You didn't get you didn't choose to go there to watch football, but that's what people are having to well, possibly stay in. I, I admit that I subscribe to The Athletic and I maybe read one one article a week on their long reads <laughs> rather than anything else. But, you know, it's very good, um, yeah. I've been told. Um, but uh, the the fact that what they were saying about, like, that in the entire country, like, to get this in, you can't bring alcohol in. There is no off-sales. You have to be at a licensed premises. You can't go in the supermarket and pick up 40 cans of Fosters or the local version of Fosters. So... What you're saying is, is you're going to pay an extortionate amount of money to go to yeah. basically a World War II uh, desert rats experience. Yeah, 1952 Sony Eye Desert, like my dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> To then go to the grounds, right? And this is another kicker that I've, I've found out. It's not going to be shown on telly in most hotels um, because they can't afford it. And also FIFA have booked 80% of the hotels within Qatar for their yeah. delegates and whatever. And the ho- those hotels happen to be the places that are legally allowed to sell alcohol. You're looking at £15 a pint of Budweiser or, uh, or Heineken. And if you can get an happy hour, it only takes it down to about eight quid. Then the fan parks, they're 80 quid to get into the fan park. And then they're, go- yeah. they're not going to sell drink until the s- midway through the second game. So you're not going to be able to go in there and watch free games. Like it's not going to be free. So basically, if you're thinking of going, fuck it off. Put your money aside and, I don't know, maybe sponsor. Yeah, have, have a decent, yeah, I don't know. What's it on? I said have a decent holiday. I think that's probably what I'd do. But, um, yeah, no, I, I was really fascinated by these images of, of, of the fan park. It just reminded me of my, my dad's army experiences. But there we are. Um, I, 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 just, I mean, the question is, the question is with all that, is like how how have we got to a point? Like, And it is a wider football issue in the in the sense that, Look at the Saudis at Newcastle, that Bowley who's fucking making noise at Chelsea about mm. its madness mm. that we don't fly this brand around the world and whatever. And it just, it goes back that we are, this is what we're up against when we talk about trying to get to the playoffs and whatever. We're talking about global conglomerates and, and, and states basically running football clubs. And then we've got our nice little American who sort of bought this club for a reason. Well, we're very lucky. We're very lucky. I mean, I, I sometimes think I can't believe how lucky we are, really, to have John Berrison, because you don't have to look far. You know, and, and I know we take the piss out of places like Charlton and, uh, you know, other clubs like it. Right but you're so. right, Harry. Rightly so. But you know what I mean? In terms of ownership yeah. issues and, and all the other stuff that um, none of us want, we, we are in amazingly lucky. I, I, I don't know sometimes. I mean, 
Mill's not been a lucky club particularly over the course of its history, but Jesus Christ, we did get lucky getting John Barrelson in because he runs it exactly as we would hope a, ben a benevolent owner would would, um, would manage us. But um, it's it, no, I mean, I, I think football generally. I mean, you, you're asking about the World Cup. I mean, World Cups because the, the 2018 was in Russia, wasn't it? Um, and now look at that. Um, now you got Qatar, which was that's Putin's next play, by the way. Putin's next play is to take over take over Millwall after he's after he's been booted <laughs> off the world stage. It's to it's to come and sump his money into into Millwall. Just it's money the... and it's it's. I mean, I, I think the, the the general state of football is a podcast in its own right, really. But I, my own view and. You know, politics is always one of these things where people start to line up like they're in a football match where we've got your side and then there's another side and you, you've called each other names and all the rest of it. But it just strikes me that football is a great example of what happens when regulations are removed because um, everyone says regulation is bad and it's, you know, you, you listen to government now, deregulation and let unleash the power of this and let, you know, the Northern all the other... Yeah, and because but regulation is a bad thing, and not being regulated apparently is, is some kind of good thing. We don't have to look very far because all you got to do is look at football that we all love and follow, and you know you see exactly where deregulation leads you because you've got, as you said, you've got nation states rich on oil buying Manchester City, buying Newcastle, um, other companies and, and mega millionaires buying it. Okay, it's, it's 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 kind of a freedom, I suppose, if you've got the money. But it's it, it takes away something kind of valuable. Or I think it should be valuable. Um, possibly, you know, football isn't meant to be um, the plaything of rich men. It should be still what it once was, which was a kind of a people's game of some sort. But that's what happens when you don't have any rules to say you can't do that. Um, but that's called regulation, and we're all supposed to be against that now. So that's how you get. I mean, I mean the the ideal. The ideal turnout, and it is some some mad Millwall bastard wins 186 million on on the Euro Millions, and just sumps it all into the club. Just like, oh, fuck it, you know. I want to see be a mad, mad bastard. Yeah, yeah. I want to move. Not get I want to. There you go. I want to touch on something I just saw earlier on. Um, there's a trial, I think, in one of the lower leagues up north somewhere. Might even be a Sunday league. H. Um, they're trialing body cams on referees. Because of the number of um, assaults and um, abusive behaviours, and I saw something the other day, and I can't think of who it was, but it was like an under sevens league, under sevens league listeners, where the referee—I um, think it might have been a young kid—that got abused by one of the, the team's managers, such yeah, as you have a manager, in it. Yeah, yeah, thinking they're the the latter day Jurgen Klopp or something, and he's I don't know what's been said, I'm not, but I, 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 you know, which I always find amazing anyway that you know a kids' event people will get themselves so um, deluded that they think they really are the next Brian Clough or whatever. It's, That's it's how people's minds work. It's unachieved. It's when when I look at that. So like from my point of view, when I see people, I mean we've all we've all said stuff to a referee. I still play. I don't think I've lost my rag so far in the last two seasons because I don't feel uh, I've watched people shout at referees at Millwall and we don't get anything more. So no, I've we tried to, we get the reverse I've always, after time. So, but, so yeah. I've always tried to go. I've always tried to be nice to a referee and people might go, you fucking crawler. Yeah, but it's marginal <laughs> gains. So if he's going to give me a free kick out of it, then yeah, I'm fair play. So I don't, I never understand, I never understand the idea of hounding referees, especially at, you know, when, 
you're at such a small venue and such a small small thing especially as you said in kids football when you're even like playing Saturday football like come on mate he's here for his 40 quid his beer money and he comes out and he's getting away from the wife for two hours he don't need you yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. how it is but you know they've had you had 350 I was reading it because I'm interested obviously from a from a pure playing playing point of view they've had mm. 350 referees assaulted over the last 12 months so yeah. and, and that that's that that's a lot. And then also you had the, the one the other week with the kid. Um, I don't know how old the ref was, but he got, I think he had a broken nose, a fractured cheekbone, two broken He got badly ribs. bashed up. Yeah. Right, badly but bashed but up. What, what, what I couldn't work out, Nick, is that like, if you give, if you've given someone a right hander, all right, I suppose you could break their cheekbone and you could break their nose in, in one punch. You hit them right. Right. Hmm. But the fact that he's broke his ribs and whatever, he's probably, he's hit him and he started kicking him. And he no started one kicking him. him. Right, and no, and no one stopped him. No one from your team have gone, fucking it. Like, it's, it can happen. Someone can dig someone and no one gets you in time. That, that's almost, it's not, it's not defensible, but it's understandable that that could happen. The speed with which things happen though, Harry. I mean, speed, I, I think also there's a shock value. It, you know, I, I, I'm not a violent man, listener, so I, I'm speaking from what I've seen rather than, what I've ever done, but if something happens, is it? It sometimes takes a few seconds for you to absorb what it is that you're seeing and to understand what it is that you're seeing. I don't know whether these are, that applies in these situations that we, we talked about, but you're right. I mean, someone to take a slap, probably go down and then take a kicking while they're on the floor because that's the only way you're going to get ribcage damage. Realistically, um, maybe that can be done in a few seconds. Maybe it takes a while, a, a moment or two to react, but it does make you wonder what the team. Or those around the you know the, the players in that game were doing. Who knows? We we weren't there. But I just find it interesting that body cams are going to be trialed, and I can see this. I can see this becoming a thing um, right up the up the scale um, because there aren't assaults in in a professional game, but there's certainly um, there's certainly incidents that happen sometimes from time to time. And you know, it always comes back to the question: Who'd be a referee? I, well, I, I know Mike, Michael does it, but. Um, I take my hat off to him because I'm not sure I'd want to do it. Would you, H? Would you want to be a ref? You know what? I'll, I'll be I'll be totally honest with you. I think referees don't help themselves. I think the FA are dinosaur, uh, uh, absolute dinosaurs on what they need to do, and TV and media play a massive part in in this. So mm. let's let's take the weekend, right? Let's take so before VAR. VAR's going to save football. VAR's going to sort it all out. It's all going to be... We're not going to have these conversations anymore. VAR's going to solve no, everything. It's all, right? all uh, mechanised now. Electric. That has turned out to be absolute bollocks because a lot of the rules in football are your interpretation of events, of what you interpret by your eyes as a camera that you have seen. Right? But in the MLS, and this is one of the few things I will say that American football does better than us, probably the only thing, after a game, they will come out and they are asked four questions that have been put together by the press pack. The panel, the game, right. Okay, right? yeah. And yeah. they will answer that. So if there's been four big incidents they want to talk, they get the referee's idea of what the referee was seeing at the time and how he interpreted it, right? This has lowered down the amount of time they spend talking about it because they then know what the referee was thinking. They can disagree with it, but go... What, what can you say back to a referee gone, well, I, I, I thought he had a little pull at him in the real time, and that's what I saw, so I gave the free kick, right? What can you actually say for the next two hours on Sky Sports after the referees come out and said this? 
this all has a trickle down effect afterwards that if you stop handing top level referees, you're going to stop like handing, you're not going to have fucking mm. Jimmy's dad uh, on Sunday morning at seven o'clock calling the referee a cunt from four yards away in front of 12, Kids. seven year olds play, basically yeah, yeah, playing yeah. football, right? It is a passionate game and people say stuff in the art at the moment and maybe calling him a cunt in the grand scheme of things will be the least of his problems. But if it can get us away from any kind of physical altercation and get more people wanting to be referees, because another thing from playing Saturday football, especially in the like Southern Amateur League or whatever, and I know this is the same on Sundays, the referee, like everyone says how hard it is to be a referee at the top level, they've got two assistant two assistant referees or linesmen or women yeah. Um, yeah. and a fourth official. This poor fucker's turning up over, you know, um, dancing part Mid- in, middle in the middle on his, on his own, right? And they're calling off sides and we, you don't know the fitness of these folks. I mean, we've had referees turn up, you know, I'm not going to say names of referees who I know. No, no, but no, no. They've, no, they've no. come out, they've got they've, their heat map, if you show one of their heat maps, would be a square <laughs> around the centre circle and they're calling off side from there. And there's no way you can do that, right? So, so that's also playing into why there is no, why these things happen because there are players that will naturally just fucking not get react to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I understand. So the more people you get wanting to be a referee because of this trickle down effect, the better it will be because you'll have linesmen, you'll have people run the line, and it will be it will be better. It will be a more consistent game, or at least look to be a more consistent game. Therefore, maybe these incidents won't happen. But the problem is, like everything in 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 um in football, going back to what we say, is it all comes down to money and. It's mm. the same. It's the 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 fact of the matter is when you see the amount of money that is sloshing around in the Premier League, and none of it goes to the FA because why would it? Because the FA was thick as shit back in 1992 and didn't do anything to sort themselves out, <laughs> and um, spent a lot of money on Wembley that didn't really need to be done. Didn't um, really need it. No, no, no. I agree. Um, and 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 they could have spent millions and millions of pounds on pitches and buying parks and making them. You know, uh, making eleven aside night leagues in inner cities. Requires vision, vision and imagination. Yes, and it requires it requires a level. (laughs) It requires a level of understanding that is beyond all of our all of our politicians and all of the people. Organization, management, Uh, you name it. Because Nick, I'm I'm going to be honest, right? I've had three Mm. so far this season. My Saturday side. This is this is the level we're at, right? So my Saturday side. We have one game cancelled because the Queen died. Fair enough. We've had yep. three, and um, we've now we've had two games cancelled last two weeks because of availability because of the train strikes, right? Yeah, we're about to go into November, and pitches will turn into a quagmire because we don't have in this country we all no, play no, on grass. No. We don't have three G pitches, or if there are, they're ridiculously expensive, and therefore people can't afford to facilitate yep. that in a thing. And this will not just be the same for Saturday amateur men's clubs. This will be the same for obviously people know I'm involved with a women's team. This will be yep. for women, lower league women's clubs. It's the same. Absolutely. And it's, it's, Absolutely. And, and people talk about like fucking um, mental health and all this stuff. Everything is interlinked. Like society, societal breakdown is, is, is proven by if you don't exercise, right, you get depressed. Don't get fresh air. Yeah, yeah, get out. Right? Yeah, all, yeah. all this shit, right? Oh, it's all interlinked. And all it yeah. needs is for somebody to take someone take a fucking stand and say, we need to sort this out because it, it, it is really, really, really shocking. And I didn't realize this till I was talking to one of my mates with kids. 
the amount of kids that are overweight is fucking shocking. Like I generally didn't because you of that. See you see it. Myself. You see it. You see it around, I, I, don't you? I just yeah. could not believe. And they don't. They don't exercise. They don't play out because the world is a scary place now, and they don't. It's go a and scary play place. Also, we're, kids are all screen based now. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like an old git because you see, the, the past wasn't all that brilliant at times. But you did have certain things that kids now, for various reasons just don't have one of which is the experience of going out with your mates for the day and coming back later on at night and you know uh, you wouldn't let your kids do it i wouldn't let not I'm too old now to have kids but you know what i mean i wouldn't let them do it because you, you're going to be scared for safety so um yeah i, I make you right I, I i think that the the lack of imagination in the football industry you probably extended to other sports but this is a football show um is is, is stunning um and yet so much money sloshes around within the game it's it's a it's a scandal really um we're coming towards the end of the show harry um i just want to mention sorry i've, I've got on a i've got a, no, on a, no, that's on good. a, a societal <laughs> rent yeah this is this is what we did this live thing last night listeners and I, I, there's a moment at the start i thought what have i done why have i set this thing running i've got i'm speaking to myself almost in a vacuum and then when people start joining in you actually do get a role going so this that's good i like that that's why i, I like harry coming on the show he gets a role going that's good stuff um, two things just want to close. One is the uh, Royal British Legion have produced a Millwall poppy badge. I've, I've ordered one, it's quite a nice production. And I, 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 like I said, I think in a previous show, I always struggle a little bit with football and, and, the, and the remembrance. But this is a nice badge, it's got the lion on one side and the poppy on the other. It costs, I think it was a 4 99 on the Royal British Legion website. And you can opt to put an extra donation in. So you can round it up to a 10. You have to pay for your uh, postage cost. They'll send it to you. Um, I've ordered mine. Um, I'll stick a link on the on the, on the um, tweet when I put this out because I think it's just a nice um, nice production. And the money goes to the Royal British Legion, which is does great, fantastic work. So um, just want to give that a shout out. I've ordered mine. I'll show it on the uh, – stick a picture of it on, on online when I get it. Um, and lastly – and leastly, in some ways, maybe not leastly, we, we, we mentioned at some length, Harry, the other week about um, Millwall indulging in the world of non-fungible tokens. The, they've, they've gone in with a company to produce these um, Panini-type stickers. They're dig digital images of um, the likes of uh, Billy Mitch and George Savile and, and so on with their, their playing details. I don't know if they get updated. Or, I don't know what it is. But anyway, they're like Panini stickers, for uh, but digital, so kids can collect it and potentially trade them because that's the new thing that you trade in nfts as they're called non-fungible tokens but as ever in my life the beano the comic the beano answers every one of life's questions because they've got a picture of the bash street kids today um where one of the schoolboys is being sold an nft by uh, danny the leader of the bash street kids the kid with the, the skull and crossbones um jumper danny and he's selling him a nifty fart trading card. And he's basically 50 pence for the for the, for a fart. Basically, he says that's uh, he's, that he's, that's a unique fart. It's being sold for 50 pence. And wherever that fart goes, it belongs to you. That's an NFT. And I think that's actually quite brilliant satire by the Beano. An NFT, nifty fart trading. I think I'm going to keep that in mind. So if you are tempted to go on the Millwall website and buy one of the Millwall NFT cards, uh, cards think of it as a nifty fart trading because as soon as you farted it's gone and that's what you're buying if you buy if if you buy one of those <laughs> right 
If you buy one of those, I'm 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 trying to speak directly to you, listener. You, the person that has bought you, the one. not me. I'm not buying any. <laughs> no, right. The one, the one fucking person that's bought them, right? <laughs> How complete must your life be? Have you done everything else? Have you climbed Mount Everest? Have you swum in the Nile? Have you bathed in the Ganges? Have you seen the eight wonders of the world? Because there are so Machu Picchu, Machu Picchu. There are so many other fucking things to worry about in life than a fake, unique Millwall piece of digital image of Billy Mitchell. (laughs) Right, because I can make. The exact same one, but it won't be this one. It will because it's not a physical fucking copy. It doesn't. It it's exist. a nifty fart trade. Bullshit! <laughs> it's absolute bullshit. If they want to make a panini sticker, panini stickers in the championship sounds fucking great. Do that. That sounds brilliant. I'd back that. I'd get one of them. And They're all at it. All these, all these major names are at it, Harry. There's I mean, you have a look on the. There's yeah, World I mean, Cup the... sticker books that you can actually buy with stickers. Physical in them, ones. Kids. Real ones. Yeah. You can have Messi. You can get a shiny Ronaldo. I don't know. But fucking, you can actually do this. That's probably got more that A completed one of those completed books has more value, I can assure you, long term, than one fucking... Well, well it's, it's true, the, though. If you, you find the yourself... Cup and you've got a completed fucking yeah. sticker album, you are going to fucking rake it in long term because no <laughs> well, one buys also... them anymore. You'd also treasure it because I mean, you know, often I don't collect stuff. I don't know if you collect stuff, Harry, but I don't. And um, when you, when you, well, yeah, but when you find stuff occasionally underneath a pile of other crap, you find something from the past. You go, look at that. That's that's an old Millwall program. I forgot I had that. You know, I thought I'd slung it. And you do treasure these things. It's a physical thing. Um, You know, if you get a full set, who knows? I mean, you might find you you got a nineteen eighty six World Cup pack. I don't know stuff like that. You're, it'll give you a warm, glow, glowy feeling, but I can't see how the digital concept lends itself to a warm, glowy feeling. And um, I will always refer you back to the Beano. Go, look at the Beano and see what that says. It doesn't do sentiment, does it? The NFT, or the non-fungible fart, does not, um, <laughs> does not, does not lend itself to be in any way um what do you call it does not lend itself to be any way romantic any way sentimental any no. kind of any kind of lo- like any kind of relationship other than a physical um transaction it's a very it's a very modern money. internet idea Harry, isn't it that's all, all just, we'll just say. the modern the modern world is good ish isn't it like there's some Good-ish. great things that allows us it allows us to do this. It allows us to do a podcast without printing like an old-fashioned fanzine type thing. Yeah. But it also allows us to have non-fungible tokens and sports washing. Be relieved of your money. That's it. There so go are. out and buy your Panini stickers available. All good news agents. <laughs> There's only about four news agents left that are independent. So good luck with that. <laughs> there we are. Huge thank you to Harry for joining me. I think we've we, an hour, hour we've been talking, Harry. Look at that. Just chatting shit, mate. Um, it's normally me. Chatting that's shit, mate. That's what I do. Um, big thank you to Harry Warren for joining the show. Thank you to you two for listening. Um, until next edition, it's bye for now. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Achtung, Millwall. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.